But in the process of waiting, in the process of simmering, in the process of crying out to God again and again and again, something starts happening inside of me that changes. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist. And I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years. And we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. Well, welcome back to another episode of Tangible Truth Podcast. I am Carrie hanging out with Susan. We're actually hanging out in Susan's therapy office today, which has been a lot of fun. It has been. And so while we're in Susan's therapy office, I grabbed a little book off the shelf called We're Still In This, Mm. written by Susan Goss. And so I thought we could start today's podcast with some of your words that you wrote in We're Still In This. Okay. Okay. Because I'd like you to unpack it a little bit for me. Oh, okay. All right. So you wrote on page 134 on the topic of prayer and trust. A therapeutic term used in counseling a lot is trust the process. It's hard sometimes to do this because everyone wants immediate results. At times, it does seem laborious going through the process, but every step helps gain more understanding and is imperative for the journey of healing and recovery. But because we live in a microwave world where everything is zapped and shortcuts are preferred, it is very difficult to sit still and wait for things to simmer. And that's true, isn't it? It is so true. So you go on to say, God asks us to wait and let things simmer while he is working. When we pray and ask him to intervene in our lives and to work in our relationships, he asks us to learn to trust in the process of allowing him to do his thing in the area of our lives and relationships that we have asked him to work and move in. God always has our back. He always knows what's best. And we can look to him for guidance and encouragement. Oh, so I love this idea, first of all, because you have said to me a million bajillion times, trust the process. I have. (laughs) Oh, I I have. Because as I say it to you, I'm saying it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just start there. What does that even mean to trust the process, especially when we're talking about learning to trust God in this process. Well, you know, when you said the word simmer, when I wrote it, can't you picture yourself standing over the stove and cooking something and waiting for it to simmer? Yes. I'm trusting that process Mm. of simmering even over the stove. I'm trusting that to do what it's supposed to do for the outcome to be delicious. Yes. And even when you think about the, because you put that juxtaposition between simmered and zapped. Yes. You know, and I even think about, okay, when I stick something in the microwave microwave? and zap it, I don't think that's going to be delicious. (laughs) That's hilarious. I think, okay, well, it's going to be something to eat. But when we simmer something, I know, I'm like, ooh, that's going to be delicious. Yeah, there's a difference, isn't there? There really is. And even on the back of some boxes or packages, it will say, here's one method, microwave. Yes. Here is, and and on most of it says the traditional or preferred preferred Uh method and it's a conventional oven yes and or stovetop right and And it takes more time it takes more time is the whole point right and why so many people choose the microwave version it does take more time to simmer 
to me, it's always better. It is, you know, isn't the longer it? version, right? Is okay, but we better. can say that it's better when we're talking about like you know, the best soup we've ever had or a Mm -hmm. wonderful pot of pasta. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about a situation in my life Mm -hmm. that I'm walking through that's hard and that's painful, Mm -hmm. I want the microwave. Yes. I want to get through it as quickly as I possibly can. Yes. And here's where it's so important and why I put simmer. There was somebody, and I have to use this example. There was a woman that said to me, I don't, I don't know that God's listening to me Mm. because I'm praying and I've been waiting Mm. for so long. And my response to her immediately was, oh, that's such an active thing to do Mm. is to wait on God. It's so active. And she just burst out in tears and ran over and hugged me. Uh And I I felt her relief Mm -hmm. in that because I know what she was praying for. Mm -hmm. And it was it was for her daughter, a loved one that she had been praying and praying and praying. She immediately got what I was saying about how active the waiting was Mm -hmm. because she had been praying this whole time. Our process is dependent on trusting God to Mm -hmm. answer in his timing. I get that, but we're actively praying. Mm. And what that means is what you were saying before we even started this process. The the process itself is what changes us. Bingo. You know, it changes us. Yeah. And we're praying for that outcome. That's right. I want this thing to happen. But in the process of waiting, in the process of simmering, in the process of crying out to God again and again and again, something starts happening inside of me that changes. That changes. And that's why I believe she burst out into tears. Yeah. Because it was changing her. Yeah. And it changes me. And that's why I wrote that about the simmer and the process, because you are spot on, Carrie. Prayer changes us as we allow God to be working in our lives. Mm -hmm. Prayer comes in all different forms. Mm -hmm. I'll say it that way. Formal prayer. Yes. Where we pray and we study God's word. Oh, my word. Mm -hmm. God speaks to us through his word. So when we're reading scripture and we're praying as we read scripture, Mm -hmm. he comes alive. And I I believe he literally reveals himself to us through his word. But I literally pray throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And in this room where we are in session, I I don't feel like I'm ever closer to God than in this room when I'm in session. If you're on my sofa as a client, I'm saying, God, what do you want to say to Carrie? Yeah. And it takes me out of the equation. Hmm. Or he reveals something that you need to hear. I'll forget what I've told you. You'll <laughs> remind me next session. I yeah. can't believe what you told me, Susan. It meant so much to me. And I'm thinking, I what did I say? I have that. no yeah. idea. Yeah. Every session's different. I mean, this place is it turns into a holy place to mm-hmm. me. So I am just pray literally in First Thessalonians when it says pray without ceasing. Yeah. That's, that's it yeah. for me. He's everywhere. Everywhere we are, right. he's there. And so I'm talking to him when I get in the car. I'm talking to him when I'm driving home. I'm talking to him. What was that about, God? Was that about me or them? Mm-hmm. If I'm triggered d- throughout the day yeah. in a relationship or if I'm triggered at the grocery store or just Oh, that's a beautiful trick. God, you're so creative. Right. You know, look at the sky or yeah. 
just everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, you talk about like being in a counseling session, being a holy place where you feel God's presence, Mm -hmm. but that can translate to all different kinds of environments. You know, I'm thinking about someone who is stuck in a job where it feels like a really toxic environment Mm -hmm. that it's just hard to be there. Like, what would it look like to, you know, invite God into that place of every single before you walk into every single meeting, God, will you go into this meeting with me? God, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to say? You know, every single interaction with every coworker to just bring that moment by moment conversation with God into whether it's the workplace or sitting around the dinner table with your family and something comes up and you're like, I don't know how to respond here. And that moment, just like, God, how am I supposed to respond? Absolutely. What would you have me to say here? Yes. What do you want me to say to and put fill in the blank? Right. Fill in the blank, especially yeah. around the table. Yeah. You know, and there starts a conversation that you're starting to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You're starting to feel like I may open my mouth and say <laughs> something that I might regret. Yes. Or it's getting tense. But to say, literally say, God, what do you want to say to and fill in the blank, whoever that may be? Yeah. Uh, A workplace environment that you're referring to. Absolutely. You say, God, walk before me. Mm. Order my steps is another great thing to be able to say. And God, you know how I feel about this person. You are going to have to love them through me. But always be honest before God. You know, in Psalm 139, it says he knows what's on your tongue before you say it. Mm. So it implies total vulnerability and transparency. So to be completely transparent before God and say that, you know, you can't shock or surprise God, as I always say. So, you know, love this person through me. I give this meeting to you, God. You're a God of order. Mm-hmm. Bring order to this chaos. Right. If it's uh, if it's something you don't understand, if it's chaotic to you, it's never chaotic to him. Yeah. So there's nothing that we go through that God's not been through. So all those things about meetings that are frustrating to you, chaotic to you, that are surprises to you. Nothing's a surprise to God. Right. So go to God about everything, everything. Right. right. And we don't have to wait until our quiet time in the morning no. or before we go to bed at night. It can be right there in that moment. That's what I love about God. Yeah. I mean, he's He's there with us in the meeting or right before we walk into an interview mm-hmm. that we're scared to death of. Right. Uh, calm me, God. I feel so anxious. I give this anxiety to you because you tell me you care about yeah. me, even in the details, the minutia of my life. Right. And, and he is, in fact, a God of order. Mm. And he does care about every detail of our life. And so, yes, he, he, he wants to be involved in everything. All of this that we're talking about yeah. is under the heading of prayer. Right. All of this is prayer. Yeah. People are, sometimes say, I don't know how to pray. Okay. Yeah. Just talk. Start talking to him. Right. You know, there's a technique in therapy called the empty chair. Yes. And you can start there, mm-hmm. you know, put a chair in front of you yeah. if if you're at home yeah. or, or at work and pretend that that Jesus is sitting yeah. in it across from you and just start talking to right. him. Right. Yeah. And it's very relational. It is. It and makes it, it and very it's interesting relational. Because, you know, from a brain science perspective, our imaginations are incredibly creative. And mm. the reason we do the empty chair technique is we may say, imagine your mom walked into this room and sat down into this chair. Mm-hmm. 
our brains actually imagine that, mm-hmm. that our mom is actually sitting in that chair and then imagine you're 12 years old, you know, and we can mm-hmm. actually feel all of that. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of doing that empty chair mm-hmm. with God mm-hmm. of being like, imagine that Jesus walks in and sits mm-hmm. down in this chair. Mm-hmm. It takes you into a different place totally. of, you know, cause sometimes prayer feels just kind of vague and like, you can't grab a hold of it. And like, what is this actually, but just to actually imagine like mm-hmm. Jesus sitting across from me, like looking me in the eye, nodding his head, mm-hmm. you know, there's something really powerful about that. I love so, that idea. Yeah. So powerful, very relational. He wants us to be so relational with him and it's what the Pharisees were not. Hmm. They, they were very knowledgeable and knew so much about Jesus. And that's what prayer takes us out of is just being head yeah. knowledge. Prayer uh, puts it back conversational mm-hmm. and relational. Yeah. So, yeah, empty chair puts it into relational, yeah. you know, very intimate, yeah. very intimate. So I'm hearing you talk about a lot of different ways to pray. There's structured prayer. Mm-hmm. There's praying through the word of God mm-hmm. as we read scripture. There's mm-hmm. just talking to him every day. There's mm-hmm. being intentional about imagining Jesus sitting in a chair across from you. Mm-hmm. And all these are ways that we can connect with God. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that you talked about in the devotion that we started with was you said, God asks us to learn to trust the process of allowing him to do his things in the areas of our lives and relationships that we've asked him to work and move in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is a process that takes longer than we want it to. Mm. And so I'm wondering, what would you say to someone who would say, but Susan, you don't know how long I've been waiting. Mm-hmm. You don't know how long I've been praying and nothing's changing. Like God's not hearing me. And I think we've all kind of been there mm-hmm. in those places where it's just taking so much longer Mm-hmm. to get or see what we're asking for. Mm-hmm. What do we do in those times when it feels like we're just waiting and waiting and waiting? Yeah. And the waiting process is, it's kind of going back to that to that that example that I had given with the woman that says, I'm waiting and I don't think God's hearing me. Yeah. And I think that the growth comes in, if you will, the active part. What does the active part of waiting look like for you? Mm-hmm. And what does it look like for me? And that part can look, and I would hope that it does look like for all of us, is growth. Yeah. You know, because if it doesn't look like growth, it can be a real deflection mm. or a distraction mm-hmm. or away from God. Yeah. And you I know. think a lot of times we get stuck in the praying for the thing mm-hmm. and forget to pray for growth, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. like what I hear you saying is, God, how do you want to grow me mm-hmm. while I'm waiting? Mm-hmm. You know? Because sometimes people, and I'm one of them, have found in the wait that once I reckon it, because in the wait, I'm always saying, help me not to miss it. Mm. When the answer comes, help me to be sure not to miss it. And in the process, in an answered prayer, the answer has been that I didn't get the answer Mm. or it didn't happen that way. And it's been in some some situations, not Mm -hmm. all, but in some situations, it was an act of protection that the answer did not come. Yeah the way that I thought that it would come, if that makes sense. It does. So, and this sounds almost 
like a cliche, but it's certainly not meant to be. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's meant to be nothing but truth that God obviously knows the future right when we know nothing right <laughs> and it always boils down to we know nothing we know nothing and yes. he knows everything yeah and he's in total control of what we are in control of nothing yeah so it does boil down to trusting mm-hmm. which is what the name of the devotional is yeah prayer involves total trust and dependency on a god who knows all things yeah and 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 we're we know nothing. We know nothing. And yes. We know nothing. But trusting in that process yeah. again, and not just trusting that he's eventually going to get us where we're hoping Mm-mm, to get. No, but trusting that he's right there with us, right in the waiting and in the process, and loves us that much that he'll only do. I think I even said he has our back. Yeah, he loves us more than all the grains of the sand, and you can't count mm-hmm. the sand. So he would do nothing but what is best. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's amazing because sometimes in that process, the answer that comes is completely unexpected. That's right. And I was just thinking of um, a client that said something really profound to me. And he had been asking God the same question over and over and over again, asking, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And so I checked in with him one day and I was like, hey, I know you've been asking this question of God where are you at? And he goes, I'm not asking that question anymore. And I was like, okay, this has been like the thing. Mm. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? He said, I'm not asking it anymore because it doesn't matter because I learned that it doesn't matter why it's happening. I know I'm loved by God. And I was just like, how many times does it, has that happened to you? Mm-hmm. We're like, we're praying for something. We're praying for something. And then all of a sudden God shows up and he's like, Hey, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I've got you. Mm -hmm. You're loved. Mm -hmm. You're okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And then that thing that we've been praying for doesn't feel so urgent anymore. Mm -hmm. It's more of this like, I think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Not because God did whatever or the situation resolved itself, but because God showed up in the process. He Mm -hmm. sat right next to me Mm -hmm. and he said, I'm here with you. You Mm -hmm. know, I love Mm you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when we talk about the process of prayer changes us. Mm -hmm. That's part of that. It is part of that. And we also talked about uh, it's okay and should be part of prayer as well. You know, David gave us a great model, Yeah, you know, in the Psalms of lamenting, Mm. you know, just crying out. I mean, guttural right. crying out mm-hmm. and lamenting mm-hmm. in sorrow right. and tears, crying out. Are you ever going to hear me? You know, you were saying, I mean, the waiting. Yes. And I was saying, and how active was that? Right. I mean, the yeah. grief and right. the crying out. God, are you ever going to answer me? Do right. you hear me? My cries, mm-hmm. lamenting right. out to God. But I find such beauty in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, thank you, David, for that. Exactly. You know, thank you. Because yeah. how many times have we cried out to God? <laughs> you know. Too many to count. Yeah. Yeah. But we're in great company. Sure. You know, that's and a man also, after God's own heart. Right. And to also realize that he, that was his process as well. It's, and I is. think it's hard for us because, like, we can read a psalm uh-huh. in, like, two minutes. 
Yes. And we go, okay, so David was mad. Yes. And then he was sad. That's right. And then he lamented. Uh-huh. And then he cried out to God. Mm-hmm. And then he had an encounter with God. Uh-huh. And then he rejoiced in God. He was happy. And that happened in two minutes. Yeah, but no. And we're like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Wait, hang on. Mm-hmm. We read the psalm in two minutes. Uh-huh. But for him living that out. Took a long time. It could have been days or weeks or months. That's exactly Before right. he got to the point of being able to take pen to paper and saying, but God is good. Yes. You know, and, and I that think, crying out process yeah. changes us. That's right. And I think we couldn't, you know, stop this podcast without that, that time frame and that review yeah. of David in the Psalms, because you're exactly right. That process of all those emotions that he went through, mm-hmm. that's us. Yeah. And and it does take time. That was not a light switch. He did not go from lament to joy in, in one moment. No. Yeah. And God just like God's timing is not our timing. Just yeah. like a day is a what? A yeah. year. You're right. The time frame of David's, he didn't jumpstart right. joy. I mean, lament was real to him. We can feel it. You can feel the lament yes. when you read those Psalms yes. and you can feel the joy. Right. And when David it. gets to rejoicing, it feels genuine and authentic because he he allowed himself mm -hmm. to go through the process of feeling the harder emotions of sitting in that with God, of inviting God into that space of actually saying out loud to God, this is really hard. I don't know what to do here. Right. And then that process leads him to that place of rejoicing. That's right. That's where I want to get to. That's right. So you're saying that David tended to simmer he did. More than just zap into right. being a better place. That's a good, good way to put it. Yes. Right. The simmer, not zap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that picture conceptually. Mm-hmm. I don't like walking that out. I know. I know. Yeah. But I love it because it is part of what we call prayer. Mm-hmm. That's still mm-hmm. part of prayer. Yeah. Prayer is not perfunctory, mm-hmm. although it can be ritualistic sure. in nature. There's so many aspects of prayer and all that. I would say, yeah, that's yeah. prayer, but it just needs to always be part of our everyday life mm-hmm. to stay connected to a savior that loves us more than life itself yeah. and keep it relational and honest and real yeah, and practical. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? I think that the podcast today just needs to be a, a huge reminder that prayer needs to be, as in First Thessalonians, you know, praying with without ceasing yeah. is it needs to be real in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we do end every episode with a tangible takeaway, mm-hmm. just a practical step that you can implement today. To kind of start incorporating the concept that we've been talking about today. And I think this one can go a lot of different directions. So if there's something that, you know, you've heard that kind of sparked your interest, definitely do that. I love the idea of the empty chair. Mm. I think if you're in a waiting place, if you feel like you've been stuck on the back of the stove simmering Mm. for a long time, I feel like that's kind of maybe a way to mix up. Our prayer you talked earlier about don't put God in a box, mm-hmm. right? So I'm wondering what it would look like for you today to just get alone for a few minutes, pull up an empty chair, imagine 
Jesus coming and sitting in that chair and just talking to him about, hey, I feel like I'm kind of forgotten here. I'm feeling like this process is taking so much longer than I thought it would. And just have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does kind of change our perspective to look mm-hmm. at things differently. Mm-hmm. I, that would be a fantastic start. Yeah. If you've not done that before. Yeah. It's a great experience yes. to do that. And then take a post-it note, write down Susan's word on it, stick it on a mirror somewhere. Trust the process. That's right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. So we're going to trust the process together. Yes. Right? Yes. And um, we will see you guys next week. We can't wait to spend some more time with you. So thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.